will you let the house manager know that you're ready? That we're ready. Get ready. In a minute. From NPR and PRX, you're listening to Snap Judgment live. I'm Glenn Washington, and this is our very first live show ever. That's right. No safe little studios, no earphones to hide behind. This is Butt Naked Radio. So get back. Get ready. The show you're about to hear was performed live at San Francisco's Brava Theater. My great-great-grandfather was a slave. Had to chop that cotton, worked in fields. The one thing he always wanted was his own piece of land. One day, leader man saddled up next to him. Said, look here, I'm with the Underground Railroad and tonight we break, you with it? Yeah, I'm with it. That night, Clock strikes 12, pow, they're out, five of them. We in the water, we in the water. At night, run during the day. Wade in the water at night, hide during the day. Day number four comes by, granddad looks off to his side, Hey, leader man, that's a real nice piece of land. Fool, you crazy? We still in Mississippi, don't be worried about no land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a real nice piece of land. Welcome to Snap Judgment. Granddaddy, everybody in that house trying to sleep it off, getting ready for the next day, wake up. Granddad said, you what? Y'all gonna have to go on without me. I'm gonna stay here and farm that land. Crazy? Don't worry about me. Ain't nobody gonna worry about a black man farming a piece of land. You are out of your mind. Go on. They left them. Thing was, granddaddy was right. For five months, he's out there farming his land. Happy as he can be. Till month number six. Horses pull up. Hey. Ain't you the nigga that's supposed to be down the Wilkins farm? I am not the black man you are looking for. Get your monkey behind on the back of this horse. They take him down. They give him a scow whipping. And he goes to the slave quarters looking for a little tenderness. None to be found. Ha ha! That's the fool who got caught. Don't laugh at me. Ha ha! Man, what you up there farming for? Do not laugh at me. Ha ha! The next person, the next person that laughs at me, they will get my curse so that them, their kids, their kids' kids, their children's children, children, all of them will have to do every single thing the hard way. Do not laugh at me! 
<laughs> Granddaddy turned around through his curse, but for some reason, we still don't know why. Could be full moon, could, maybe they had a counterspell. But for some reason, it bounced back and hit my granddaddy. And from that day forward, all of us, all the uncles, cousins, all the descendants, daughters, sisters, all of us, each and every one of us have been cursed to do every single thing the hard way. Today, on Snap Judgment Live, we have the best storytellers in the world who are going to tell you their own version of why they too had to do what they do the hard way. And when I say the best storytellers in the world, I mean the best storytellers in the world. Mark Bamudi Joseph, Joshua Walters, Joyce Lee, Jamie DeWolf. It is a no-joke lineup. My name is Glenn Washington. Yeah, give me a little something. Give me a little something. You are listening to Snap Judgment Live. Snap Judgment is storytelling with the beat. And we can't have a beat without some music. May I introduce Alex Mandel and the Snap Judgment players right over here, folks. DJ, 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 Ben Smooth Rules Picasso. Uh. So let's get right at it. Let me tell you something about this next brother. It was a long time ago. Somebody handed me a CD, said, you need to check this out. I listened, and it blew my mind. I said, this is somebody I got to pay some attention to. Turned out it wasn't just me. The United States Artist Rockefeller Institute recognized this brother as being one of the 50 greatest living artists to watch out for. Star of stage, screen, Broadway, an educator, a poet, a writer, a director. Yeah, this is Snap Judgment Live, baby. It is my distinct honor to introduce to you Mr. Mark Bamuti Joseph. The first African American woman that I ever met was a white chick. Yeah, from Lubbock, Texas. Molly Melching, big woman. She moved to Senegal 20 years ago to work for UNESCO and never left. She married a Senegalese man, had a daughter, was happy until he left. Molly speaks Wolof, tree. She's a beast negotiator at the marketplace, highly respected within her community. The Senegalese that I meet refer to Molly as an African. American. They refer to me as a black American. When I get off the plane in Senegal, I don't really have much plans. I don't have too much money. I have Molly's number in my back pocket given to me by friends of friends. I have ideas in my head also given to me by friends of friends. They say, boy, in Africa, they're gonna love you. Just find the dancers, find the hip hop. Somebody will adopt you, take you in. Don't worry, don't trip. Okay, three days into my trip, I've been hustled out of my drawers. <laughs> and I'm spending money at a pace that's gonna leave me homeless in eight days. 
I got one of those non-transferable tickets says I gotta be here for four months. In tears, I call Molly. She invites me to her home in chess. She says I can stay. Not quite the African I thought was gonna take me in. Molly works for an NGO called Tostan. She's a champion of women's health. She works to fight against female circumcision in rural villages. She calls it mutilation. I become her roadie. I sit in the back seat, gazing at endless stretches of endless flatland and wide open sky as we ride from one end of the country to the other. We ride to the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. We come to a stop in front of a single stone building with a thatched roof. Three girls come out, all smiles and grace. They greet. I think, cool, Molly's gonna meet with them and then we're gonna be up. Then this boy comes out and he starts playing a drum, which I think is kind of annoying to have going on during a meeting. <laughs> you know, but who the hell am I? The American. <laughs> so I just smile and listen for my name. <laughs> Take it all in, all of the nowhere, Africa. Okay, so this kid playing the drum is this village's version of a mass email. Because I don't know where the hell these people come from, but like 100,000 people descend on the courtyard. It's like the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Everybody wants to see the one white woman for a thousand miles. Molly is uh, spilling her propaganda about this backwards indigenous ritual, but nobody can hear anything. All the people, all the commotion, everybody trying to see this shit. Finally, Molly comes out. She says, Mark, I need you to distract them. Uh, Molly, I'm a poet and they don't speak English. I ain't got no microphone, megaphone, radio, telephone, whatever. How am I gonna keep them distracted, whatever? I'm withering here, I need water, mama! Five minutes later, the entire village. I'm surrounded. My heart is pounding. Africa. Okay. I don't need to astound them. Only distract. No microphone, no radio, no English, that's cool. That's my whole act. Um, to survive, I become hip-hop empath. I channel the low beginnings. Fires burning all over the Bronx, post-civil rights, glass ceilings, no lights, no loot. Just do what you feel to the groove, a dance floor uprising of youth. I just pray that they buy it. The future aesthetic, the future's not static, it's moving kinetically, manic, you mimic a cynic, a smith that works with flurried words, the world is this minute, magnanimous moment of future aesthetic, a myth of poetic, cerebral and soul of a vacant aesthetic, it's down in your head, in your heart, in your feet, it exists in all three, Woo! okay, all right, they're buying it, while I'm dancing, cracking them up with my shamrocks, Molly is speaking in a language I've never heard of. She encourages the Council of Elders to abandon a centuries-old practice, invites them to modernize their attitude towards women. I think, I know another Texan who went into the brown people's country, try to get them to change their ways. 
maybe he should have extended a sign of peace first. Molly extended me. And that's how I became an MC. The hard way. Without saying a word. See, what did I tell you? It only gets better. Some of the best storytellers in all the land are waiting right now backstage to come out here and rock the Snap Judgment microphone. Snap Judgment. Storytelling with the beat. Stay tuned. listening to Snap Judgment, and today we're taking a leap off the diving board, recording a stage show, a radio show, and a TV show at the same time. For real, this is Storytelling with a Beat, and fair warning to sensitive listeners, the next two artists do mention sex and drugs, kind of, sort of, in a Snap judgment type of way. Nothing too serious. I promise. Snap Judgment. The next guy coming up on here, in addition to being one of my boys, he fulfills the watchword of today, which is multi-planetary, multi-dimensional, multi-talented. The brother put out his own album last year, wrote his own stage play, sings, dances, a poet extraordinaire. These kind of people are the types you read about in the little magazines and I'm so excited. Please join your hands together. A big snap judgment welcome from Mr. Joshua Walters. Did you know that you can get porn through Netflix? I learned this while hanging out with my grandmother, <laughs> Nana, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Nana's a nice woman in her 90s with short gray hair, a different outfit for every day of the week, but she has no idea what she gets on Netflix. A DVD came in the mail with a very unporn-like title. It was Robert Vincent in the library. So there we are in the beige-colored TV room, and we put the DVD in the machine, and in comes Pops. Now it's Pops, Nana, family time. And we sit down, and the movie begins. On the first screen, it's a little grainy. It's kind of a grainy black screen. This is kind of a low-budge black. Kind of low-budget. 
Why is it so low budge? And the first title comes up and it says Playboy Entertainment. And I say, hey, 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 I think this is porn. <laughs> we're not watching porn, they say. We're just watching a nice movie from Netflix. Okay? We're not watching porn. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. The opening scene is a man in a fedora hat, sharply dressed in a bar, who approaches a nice woman in a blue velvet number. And they're sitting there at the bar, and they're chatting it up, and they're chatting just a little too fast. Just a little too fast. Just the first minute of this movie, the conversation is moving a little too fast. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking, this, this movie is just going too fast for normal movies. And I get this sneaking suspicion. I say to them, I say, hey, hey. Hey, I think this is porn. <laughs> this is not porn, they say. This is not porn. We're not watching porn. We're just watching a nice movie, okay? We're just watching a nice movie. Stop, stop saying that. We're just watching this, okay? Just calm down and just watch it with us. But now the man in the fedora hat is getting closer to the woman at the bar, and it's become a close-up of their faces and their mouths and starting to get closer. And I just have this sneaking suspicion, this sneaking suspicion that something terrible is about to happen. Something terrible is about to happen, and people need to know about it. And I say, hey, 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 hey. Hey, Nana! Hey, Dad! Hey, Nana! Dad! Hey, Nana! Hey, Nana! Dad! Hey, I think this is porn! And they say, will you stop all that ruckus? This is not porn. We're not watching porn, okay? Stop all that ruckus. You're being so annoying. Stop that. We're just trying to watch a nice movie here. We're just trying to watch a nice movie here. We're just trying to watch a nice... And the next scene is money shot. Coin in the slot. Money shot. Coin in the slot. 100, 100, zoom, focus. Coin in the slot. Coin in the slot. Cha-ching! Coin in the slot. Money shot. Cha-ching! 100, 100, zoom, focus. 100, 100, zoom, focus. 100, 100, zoom, focus, 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 focus. And they're like, Look what you've done! And they're mad at me, and their faces are red and angry, and they're angry at me and frustrated and embarrassed. And I've never seen Nana's face so angry. I've never seen Dad's face so angry. And they're over me, and they're angry, and they try to get the DVD out of the machine, and it won't come out. They try to get the DVD out of the machine, and it won't come out. And finally they get it out, they throw it to the floor, and they storm out of the room. They storm out of the room. And that's how I learned you can get porn through Netflix. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, I feel it's time for us to make a little sacred space, if you know what I mean. I want this to be a place of love, a place of understanding, a place where people feel free to share their innermost secrets. It's been a long time for some of you, but I don't want it to go any longer.
Because today, today here on Snap Judgment Stage, we're going to share ourselves. In fact, I'm looking for somebody who wants to bear witness. Somebody who wants to give testimony about the sins that they might have committed. And if I have any volunteers in the audience, not you, sir. We can't hear all that. We don't have all day. But today on Snap Judgment, I do, in fact, have somebody in mind. Oakland's Grand Slam poetry champion. Her of the sultry, suki, silky voice. Please, put your hands together. Please put your hands together. Please put your hands together and help me welcome to this stage right here to bear her soul to you and you listen to what she says to you. Open door, Miss Joyce Lee. Hallelujah to God. First, giving honor to God who is the head of my life. Pastor, First Lady, all the saints of God. You know, God has been so good to me. Bless me still in this last and evil day. And these hard times are just evidence of it all. Amen? Amen? You know, saints, I just got to testify. I was just so broke last week. Just low on money. Broke. Woo, one thing coming after the next, and that mean old devil began to whisper worry and doubt in my ear. But I told that devil that my God would give me victory. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or received food that was ever begged for. Well, except in Haiti and in Iraq and still in Louisiana and in the school across the street from the crack house around the corner from where I live. But anyway, back to my story, glory be to God. I was low on gas, okay? Broke, no food at home with two babies to feed. Y'all know about my babies, my sons are 27 and 23, but they still my babies. They got these new fashion bracelets on their ankles, won't let them walk far enough to get a job. They keep taking them on and off, off and on. I get so tired about fussing with them, about taking them off and keeping them off once they're gone. Lord Jesus, I'm going to run up my pressure fussing about these sons. Let me stay on track with my testimony. Anyway, all three of us sitting at home broke together. I got to praying and the Lord told me to go up the street to the parking lot gas station of the gas station and wait on him. And that's exactly what me and my sons did. Saints of God, we sat and sat and waited in that gas station parking lot until the midnight hour. And I'm not going to lie, around 2 o'clock in the morning, I began to get discouraged. But still, I continued to wait on the Lord. And at around 3 o'clock in the morning, a white van pulled up alongside us in the car. And a man with a filthy white shirt and holes in his pants got out. And he asked me if I needed gas. And I said, yes, sir, I do. Then he showed me this old gas card or whatnot he was offering up for $10. But I told the man, I don't have $10. So then we both looking at each other just sad and pitiful. <laughs> and then the man took a long look at my two sweet sons. I mean, he looked them up and down, up and down, and they looked back at him, half dead sleep. And all of a sudden, the man with the dirty white shirt asked, who got it? And my oldest son jumped up and said, I do. And the man with the shirt said, hard or powder? And my oldest son said, I got hard. And my youngest son said, I have the powder. And do you know that sweet man with holes in his shirt and his pants looked like he lost all hope and didn't have two nickels to rub together. That man gave me that gas card to fill up my tank all the way up. A brand new flat screen TV, three DVDs, two EBT cards to fill up my groceries. Ain't God good? 
you to pray for me as I grow stronger in the Lord. We got to stop. We got to stop. We got to stop all that right there. You see, you have just heard the sacred side of Miss Joyce Lee. But I got a secret. There's two sides of this lady. In fact, she just had a recent breakup. And I wouldn't mind. In fact, I would invite her to bring you the more secular side, the more profane. Miss Joyce Lee, would you come back out here, please? Would you come back out here, please? People want to hear the other side. Well, hello again. <laughs> You're so vain. You probably think this poem is about. It is jive turkey, it is. <laughs> the phone has rang five times in the last hour. I got 26 messages on my answering machine with you calling me crazy. I'm as sane as you'll let me be. <laughs> you knew when you met me in a crowded bar full of poets, I was as drunk as the Titanic, hollering cat calls at your ass like you were way across the room when you were less than two feet from me, what I was. <laughs> Sweetheart, I'm only as crazy as my love is. And my love checks your Facebook every single day. It looks at you out of the corner of my left eye when I got something on my mind, but I'm not gonna admit how much stalking got the thought there in the first place. My love has the most sincere smile, smothering sociopathic thoughts. And it's glad I'm wrapped in an intimidating package. That way I be checking the mother that be looking at you without having to utter one word. My love starts fights just because he wants you to grab me by my throat and dominate me, but I'm not going to ask because I'm too much of a lady. <laughs> my love is rubbing alcohol in your visine crazy when I think you got me twisted. It runs a straight razor across your chest when you're drunk and sleep so I can see your actual blood and sweat in this relationship when I miss it. It's an angel to your family. It's a rebel to mine. It's a straight jacket for your wondering eye to keep it in line from going crazy. The phone is ringing. Hey, I'm sitting here wearing your favorite t-shirt, soaking my feet in green jello, eating cheese puffs, and watching Fraggle Rock. You know what, sweetie? Everything happens for a reason. For instance, I busted the windows out your car so you could get the air I assumed you were talking about when you said I was suffocating you. And no, sweetheart, I did not cut your brake lines to kill you. It's just that you take breaks your way, I take breaks mine. It's not my fault you failed to listen in between lines when someone you call crazy is speaking, I told you. The second day we were together, over vegetarian omelets and orange juice. Don't hurt me. You said you wouldn't. You loved me for a time and then said you couldn't love anyone at any time. So who is that skinny that's why she ain't got no windows on her car either. <laughs> hey, you brought her into our relationship. So if I'm unhappy, then all three of us are unhappy. And unhappy is not the same as crazy. Crazy would cry and pick up the phone and discuss the issue until I looked crazy. Crazy would express in great girly details about how heartbroken I am until I felt crazy while unhappy just tends to do some crazy things. <laughs> To remind your lion ass who it is you were dealing with in the first place, hello. I'm the same drunk you met in a crowded bar full of poets, enjoying driving your ass crazy. Remember, if you have a story you want to share with Snap Judgment, you don't have to get on stage. Just click over to our website, snapjudgment.org, and we've got big news. Because next month, May 10th, 
We're going to do a live show with This American Life in New York City. And wherever you are, you're invited. It's going to be beamed all over the country to a theater near you. And you can get tickets at thisamericanlife.org or snapjudgment.org. Snap Judgment Live, the hard way. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Snap Judgment Live the hard way. My name is Glenn Washington, and we are thrilled to be here at San Francisco's Brava Theater exploring how people do things the hardest way possible live. No one, no one introduces this next guest without first using the words hardcore. Multi-talented, the creator of Tourette's Without Regrets, the stage show, vaudeville, comedy, beatbox, sensation. The brother can write, act, direct. He has a new movie coming out that he himself wrote. It's amazing to have all this wrapped up in one person, but then you have to meet him. May I introduce to you Mr. Jamie DeWolf. Nothing brings divorced families together like a preschool sing-along. Today, I'm a proud papa. My daughter's graduating preschool and I want it to be a happy memory so she'll graduate high school like her mom and dad didn't. Today, in a church in Vacaville, California, a portrait of Jesus smiles down on the crowd of parents mobbing the pews. We're one big demolition derby of custody battles and buried resentment that scratches to a halt at the sign, slow down, children crossing, because it's all about the kids, all about the freaking kids. In here, everybody wears a frozen smile like a taxidermist did our makeup. Disney characters and diaper sales are the small talk life raft, and you would be shocked how many times Goofy and Pampers saved a soccer mom from swinging on the woman her husband left them for. And I'm no exception. I got a new girlfriend cradled in my arms who loves me enough to brave this hazing ritual. Gentlemen, no matter what the hell they say, nobody ever wants to meet the baby mama, especially when you're considering a vasectomy. I spy my ex in the back pews, her black hair gleaming like a knife in the stained glass light. As you walk towards her, my girlfriend realizes they're wearing the same outfit. X in red, girlfriend in pink. Now I hear in the world of women that this is a declaration of war that's fought with catty stares and sniper subtitles that men thankfully don't have the radar for. Her new husband is big, tall, and handsome. The kind of man I always knew I wasn't. As we shake hands, the wedding ring he bought today clinch against my knuckles, so I just give him the best smile I got, as I'm just happy someone finally volunteered to be her umbilical cord to reality. His own baby mama's here, a dirty blonde with split ends and an assault record against her new boyfriend who keeps flinching every time her hands come out of her pockets. Three couples, separated by one penis, 
and one vagina like an evil chain letter that mails itself every time you sleep with somebody new. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk. We'd all got evidence that stand up in court. So instead, we stand around saying, oh, it's so good to meet you. I've heard so much about you. The church organ kicks on and Ritalin's fan base violin. A march of drooling munchkins falling all over each other. A little boy keeps wiping boogers on his bow tie. A little girl has to pee and keeps grabbing her crotch. Scanning the future leaders of America. Thank God this graduation is in a church. Because some of these kids don't stand a prayer. Then at the end of the line is my beautiful daughter Nadia. Grinning smudged lipstick ear to ear. Wearing a dress she's managed to rip in the 15 minutes she's been wearing it. She says, hi daddy, before she trips and falls and takes out a whole row face first into a pew. The preschool has arranged for an awards ceremony where each child is given a prophetic career like future comedian because Tommy's fart jokes always floor the class or future cheerleader because Sally's got such school spirit. As they go down the list of the future mayors and the future carpenters, some of the parents start to get nervous, thinking their kid's going to win future syringe porcupine because Tommy's always snorting the glue stick or future pole dancer because Atasi makes Barbie strip for Ken. Finally, they say Nadia DeWolf, and I aim my camera like a hunter looking for the best shot. They bring her up to the front of the church, her face already blooming purple in embarrassment. And the school teacher says, well, as she has such a big imagination and just loves to tell stories, we award Nadia DeWolf the Future Author Award. Future author. A writer like your dad. Now, I would have been happy with anything. All right, they could have said future terrorists, so I would have bought a box cutter myself. But a writer like me, me and my baby mama's eyes means, and an important truth is established in that sacred magic moment. My DNA is winning. All of my sins have been forgiven. With a certificate, my daughter might not even remember. You see, parents ain't nothing but prologue. And my life is a rough draft I'm still writing into revision. But at least I know there's a future author who can one day pick up a pen and write her own happy ending. to curse to curse to curse to curse to curse the hard way my dad was thinking I gotta beat it I gotta beat it he got him a plan he decided he was gonna move us his family from the middle of Detroit to the middle of nowhere we're gonna be farmers farmers as you might suspect in order to be a farmer oftentimes it might take a little bit of farming knowledge maybe a tractor, a barn to put your farm stuff in. My father had none of that. What he did have was three rusty butt, nappy-headed boys who he was going to save from the curse. And he had a plan for that too. Number one, discipline. Sure, sure, we had the random ass whippings. But my father's more creative than that. He liked to wait till you sleep. That deep REM sleep. Till he kick open the door. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up! Go to bed. <laughs> Discipline. Number two, church. 
And we couldn't just join the steeple down the street. No, 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 not my family. We had to join the wild eye, the crazy, the apocalyptic, the Jesus is coming next week church <laughs> that met in the basement. You know, I remember, I remember the preacher in 1981. He got up and he said, look at here. If you think that Jesus is going to wait till 1985, well, you got another thing coming. I was convinced. They made a powerful argument. It went like this. Jesus is going to come first and get the faithful. Then the sky was going to turn dark. Then fire would fall from heaven. I didn't want to be part of that number. I want to be taken away at this point. So first we had the discipline. Second, we had the church. Number three of my daddy plan was hard work. He took me to a field. He said, boy, this here is your field. I looked as far as the eye could see dirt, ground, and brush. What? My field? This is your field, boy. I want you to tame this field. I'm from Detroit. Tame this field. <laughs> he handed me a sack of seed, a hoe, and said, get to work. I cried. Real tears, but you don't, you don't second guess my father, so I got to work in that hot, hot Michigan sun. Hoeing, hoeing, <laughs> doing the best I could. Sun up to sundown, sun up to sundown. It was hard, tiring work. Every once in a while, the overseer, I mean my father, would, would come out with some water and we would watch the, the white farmers in their tractors roll by wondering what the hell was going on. And one day, after working all hard in that field, I leaned back on my hoe, and the field was transformed. Black, black dirt. Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Maybe I am a farmer. Maybe this is my field. Start to puff my chest out a little bit. That's right. It's my field. I did that. It's not bad. Right then, the sky went black. I knew what had happened. I knew it. Jesus had come to get the faithful and left me behind. I was going to be stuck forever in this field by myself. Lord have mercy. I knew what was coming next. It was going to be the fire falling from heaven. But instead, huge bricks of water, like the flood in Noah's ark. It was torrential. And you might not know this, but there's a reason why they have those plows on those tractors. Plows dig deep. They plant their seed down low. Lower than and deeper than little boys' arms can reach. That rain fell from the sky and hit my field and covered it in a torrential downpour and wiped it, roaring into the ditch. Everything I had done, everything I worked for that summer, a muddy flood washed away. And right when I heard that thunder, that rain, that crackling, I heard laughter. Just as sure as you are hearing me right now, I heard laughing. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't even the devil. It was my granddaddy. <laughs> Thought you'd get away from the curse, didn't you? That family history, boy. That family history, it's gonna be the hard way. And for some reason, I steeled myself. Don't be laughing at me. Be laughing. Family history. Family history says great-great-grandmama was so sick of your crazy ass, she went down to Mr. Wilkins' place. <laughs> that family history for you, you might not even be my granddaddy. The laughing stopped. 
the rain ceased, the sun came out, and there was my daddy. Son, what are we going to do about this field? Daddy. So what are we going to do about this field? Daddy. What are we going to do about Daddy. Daddy. I think the curse is over. I, I took that bag of seed. I took that hole, handed it to him, and I never, ever, never, ever, ever picked it up again. Snap judgment, live, NPR, this has been an NPR presentation, thank you very, very much. Wow, that was a lot of fun, we have got to do this again, but first up, I've got to give it up for these amazing storytellers, Mark Bamudi Joseph, Joshua Walters, Joyce Lee, and Jamie DeWolf. Snap Judgment, musical maestro, director extraordinaire, Mr. Alex Mandel. Sir, you rock and you roll. Backed up by some of the most amazing musicians in the land, the Snap Judgment players, Tim Frick and David Brandt. And did you hear DJ Smooth Grooves? Our own DJ Smooth Grooves, spitting beats like watermelon seeds, many thanks. And of course, we've got big news. If you like live storytelling, Thursday, May 10th, I get to join Ira Glass, for This American Life Live, and you're invited. Ira's going to beam the show to 500 theaters around the country, one night only. It's going to be great. Tickets available at snapjudgment.org and thisamericanlife.org. Now, if you've got a delicious blueberry pie, fresh out of the oven, and you set it on the windowsill, only to go to the racetrack and come home to find the Corporation for Public Broadcasting eating the last piece, well... Go ahead and pour them a nice tall glass of cold milk to wash it down. Tell them much love from the Snap Judgment crew. Don't forget, PRX, the public radio exchange, putting the public in public media. And while this is certainly not the news, in fact, you could carve a wooden dummy, teach him to sing and dance, no strings, till one night he escapes your loving guidance and goes on a glorious adventure without you. <laughs> Yeah, you could do all that and still not be further away from the news than this is. But this is NPR.